We are still in the series of vertical Christianity. Uh, uh, right now, it's my intent that this is the last sermon of that series, but don't hold me to that. Don't hold me to that. Second Corinthians chapter 4, I'll begin reading in verse 14, reading out of the uh, New American Standard Bible. I'd like to thank the media uh, ministry for... Uh, for, for dealing with me. <laughs> and uh, they, they know I jump around and do all sorts of stuff, but they are doing a good job. Amen. Are you enjoying the scriptures coming up and all of that? Uh, pray with us as we get even deeper in the things that we can do with it and uh, to enhance our worship and our learning. Amen. Amen. Reading from 2 Corinthians chapter 4, beginning in verse 14, reads as such in our hearing. Knowing that he who raised the Lord Jesus will raise us also with Jesus and will present us with you. For all things are for your sake, so that the grace which is spreading to more and more people may cause Thanksgiving, our giving of thanks to abound to the glory of God. Therefore, we do not lose heart, but through our, though our outer man is decaying, yet our inner man is being renewed day by day. For a momentary light affliction is producing for us an eternal weight of glory far beyond all comparison. While we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. Amen. Amen. Rooted and grounded by future expectation. Rooted and grounded by future expectations. Father, even out in the mighty name of Jesus, move Tracy out of the way. And Lord, as you was in the singing, be in the preaching. Allow your Shekinah glory to fall fresh on us and this will become a living word, a word that speaks into the innermost part of our beings. Lord, move upon us and allow that which need to come forth, come forth. Lord, for your name's sake, that somebody may see Jesus and, and recognize that, that he's the real thing. So, Lord, even now, be glorified. Even now, be exalted. Even now, be lifted up. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. Part of our study has been trying to get us to understand how necessary it is to be rooted and grounded in what you believe. 
Matter of fact, let, 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 me, let me step back a couple of steps and allow me to say it a different way. To be rooted and grounded in the truth and in the promises that Christ Jesus has given us. I mean, rooted and grounded is a phrase that helps us to, to see a picture of a tree. And did you know that a tree, that the roots of the tree is greater than the upper part of the tree? In the picture that just popped up, you see a cutaway version of a tree, and you can see the network of the branches of the roots underneath, which gives stability, which gives strength to the tree so that, so that, so that when, when a storm comes, when the wind comes, that that tree is anchored by that which you don't see. There's another picture of a tree. Notice that in this picture that the root system is greater than the branch system. Typically, you don't see the roots. You don't know what's holding that tree together. So should it be with us that folks may see us on the outside and you may be Judy Cute, Jody Cute. But just because you look good don't mean you got enough stuff to keep you standing. We as Christians got, got, got to have enough stuff on the inside, stuff that's going to hold us, that when, when stuff comes our way, Folks wonder why you keep smiling. Folks wonder why you keep pressing. Folks that know what you're going through can't tell. You know, you shouldn't look as bad as the stuff that done happened to you. Folks should not be able to tell how tore up things are by the way you look. There's something on the inside that gets you. Folks think you got it all together. They just don't know what you've been through, what you've gone through. And it's nothing but the grace of God that got you rooted and stable. Matter of fact, you know, don't be jealous of nobody because you don't know what they're going through. Some of the very folks that got the biggest smile, that got the biggest shine, is going through more stuff than what you can ever imagine. But their faith, but their faith, but their faith is holding them when nothing else can hold them. I, I want to know, do I have any witness in the house today that, 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 that if folks knew your story, they, they, they wouldn't believe what you've been through, but you, even what you're going through, sitting here on Sunday morning, giving God the praise like you don't got no care in the world, but at home your stuff is all messed up. But God is still worthy, and the only reason why you haven't lost your mind because you're rooted and grounded believe that your that what's in you that's holding you ought to be better than what you got on the outside. I believe that you ought to have more word in you standing on the promises 
confident in what God has done for you. And if folks don't, if folks don't watch it, you shout in a minute because you are so rooted that it don't take much to make you praise God. Notice in that picture that the root system is what supplies the nutriment for the branches and the leaves. Check this out. Did you know that a drought is good for a tree? Because a drought make the roots dig deeper. know that it needs moisture and when moisture is hard to find the roots begin to dig down through the dirt and through, through, through the hardness to seek out what it's looking for and the drier it is the deeper they go let, let me say that again the drier it is and you know what that tree tells me it been through some dry time. <laughs> Why you say that? Well, look how deep the roots are. The only way the roots got that deep was that it been through some hard times. Let me ask you, if I look at your roots, how deep does your roots go? <laughs> this does your life show that you've been through some hard times, but instead of allowing the hard times to kill you, your hard times made you stronger? Can you tell me that when the hard times came, you start digging deeper in God? You know, that's why the summit said it was good that I was afflicted, because in my time of affliction, it made me find out who God was. That's why Job could say, hey, I heard of him. I heard rumors about him. But now my eyes have seen and my ears have heard. Now I know something. We got to be people that know. That know. Psalms 1, Psalms 1, verse 3. Psalms 1, verse 3. He says, he says, blessed is the man are, are, are that delights in the word day and night. Notice what he's doing. He's seeking something. Listen, we got to be people that seeks the Lord. That seek after the Lord. And hard, I hate to say this, but hard times get some of our attention. If it wasn't for our trials and tribulation, some of us wouldn't be as deep as we are. It's those times when we couldn't handle it that we started running to God. And now it's not what we heard. We know that God shows up on time. We, we know that God is our on-time God. We know God will make a way out of no way. We know, we know, we know. Listen. 
Just because you read it don't mean you know it. Just because you heard it don't mean you know it. It's only after you've been through. Notice what he says. He says, he says, he says, verse 3, verse 3. He says, and he would be like a tree firmly planted, firmly anchored by the rivers or by the streams of water. Notice it, and its fruit will yield and its leaves will not wither. That in time it will prosper. That you have to wait until your blessing comes. The hardest thing to do in the world is to wait. But what I believe is this. While you are waiting with expectation, your roots is getting deeper. This is what I believe. That sometimes the only thing that holds you is the expectation you have that things are going to change. Listen what I believe. I believe that sometimes the only thing that holds you upright is that you're standing on the promises of God. You don't see it yet, but your faith reaches up and touch heaven. I believe we ought to have one hand in heaven, one hand on earth at all times. What you mean one hand? That there ought to be something that you are believing God for all the time. It may not even be for you. It may be for a relative, but it's something that keeps you grounded and rooted. There's something that got you looking forward to God doing something. It's something that got you holding on or, 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 or is holding on to you. There ought to be something in your life that keeps you on your knees. I don't understand, folks. Who, who, who's, who's okay with themselves, but don't you got a loved one that needs your prayer? I don't know why we get ashamed when a family member get in trouble. Everybody's family member is in trouble. Don't, don't be ashamed if you got a drunk uncle. We all got drunk uncles, aunts too. None of us is exempt. None of us. Can't nobody talk about your problem. Because if you begin to look at their glass house, they got problems too. God always put Israel in the middle of phantom and feast. They always swung between phantom and feast. And I believe that phantom and feast is necessary. Feasting is when you are delighting in God and everything is going well and God is abundantly blessing you. But the phantom comes when you done got the big head and forgot where you came from and forgot who blessed you and they're slapped up on giving God the praise. I hope we get to the place that we praise God just as hard in the feast time as we do in the phantom time that he's worthy all the time. All the time. All the time. 
one of the things that we got to begin to understand is this, that regardless of what it looks on the horizontal, spiritually speaking, we are blessed. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3. Look what he says. He begins saying, blessed be the God of our Father and our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us. Listen, E-D, past tense. Know what that is saying to us? That regardless of your circumstance, you are blessed. If you are a child of God, you don't have to wait until he bless you. You don't have to wait until it is deposited into your earthly account. You ought to praise him that you stand in a position of already being blessed. Uh, I don't think y'all, I don't think y'all hear me. I don't think y'all hear me. I, I don't think y'all hear me. God does not have to add anything else to your account. Everything you need to make it till the day Christ comes has already been deposited into your account. Oh, y'all didn't hear me. The problem is that sometimes we're not trusting God that he has already put it in the account. But you don't have to wait for God to bless you. You are already blessed. All you have to do is wait until God gets ready to release the blessing that is already in your account. But God knew the problem was going to take place the day you was born and the day you got saved. He already put enough grace, enough peace, enough joy, enough strength into your account. So therefore, I go to him just to release. Somebody said it. For him to release what's already. Listen. We have already been blessed with some. Uh-uh. That's why, don't go by what I say, read it for yourself. Every. God is not like blessing you. But it is based on what you determine on being blessed. Some of us are blessed and don't even know it. And the one thing that is holding up even more is that we're not thankful for what we already have. What I love about God, God don't bless you. He, in front of you, he hits you by your side and tackles you around your back. Sometimes, you looking this way, and it's coming that way. Here the disciples are in the boat rolling, and Jesus was walking, but because they was too busy towing, they didn't even know that Jesus was walking on water. Somebody looked up and saw him, and, and it says in the Bible, said that Jesus was going to pass them by because they had not, they did not have enough sense to look up and watch out for their help. 
And sometimes we're so busy dealing down in our own problem that we're not looking to see that Jesus' blessing is right there. And if we don't, if we're not careful, the blessing will walk right by you because you didn't reach out and catch it. You didn't think it was God blessing you, but God would do it in such a way that that which is a blessing will grow bigger and knock your socks off with your shoes on. Just the fact, just the fact he keeps you in perfect peace. Just the fact you got joy in the midst of just the fact he don't let you lose your mind. Just the fact he'll make a way. He'll give you just enough in just enough time. Just the fact. God. Ephesians 1, 19 and 20. It says that, that, the, that the same power that raised up Jesus from the grave. Now that's power. Took a dead body, raised it up. But the text says that the same power that God exerted. Listen, God didn't sweat to do that. He wasn't exhausted in doing that. God didn't strain to do that. He just did it. <laughs> Somebody didn't catch that. But what you mean by that? Uh, our God is an all-powerful God, and it does not take him any more, more effort to do one thing than another. All he does is say, let it be done, and it's done. He's God. He, he don't have to take a rest afterwards. But somebody said, well, what about Genesis? He rested the seventh day. The rest wasn't for God. The rest is for us. God wasn't tired. He wasn't wore out. How can, how can he just be tired when he stands on the edge of nothingness, open up his mouth and speak, and all you have to do is speak it, and everything comes about. That means that all God has to do is stand on the edge of nothing and speak into your situation. And your situation will change just because God opened up his mouth and The same power is exerted towards us on a daily basis. If we ever capture, if we ever capture, and begin to really begin, I, I believe that we're just scratching the surface, and God is saying, I want you to dig deeper because the same verse will take on deeper meaning the deeper you go. All of a sudden, that didn't mean nothing to you. One day, God will open it up and it means the world to you. That which you used to read by because it didn't speak to you. All of a sudden, begin to speak volumes to you. And you begin to say, just what I needed. God gave me just what I needed to help me make it through another day. Thought I was going to lose my mind, but he spoke something. We're going to skip to Ephesians 3 and 20. Now on the hymn. 
who is able to do more abundantly beyond all that we ask. I think the Amplified said more than what you can imagine. The power that was revealed in us. You know, if God is on our side, if God is on our side, what is it we can't make it through? The secret of going through is our sight. What are we looking at? Show me the picture of the young lady with the, with the geisha, the, the water coming out. Because according to Ephesians, what it is saying is we are being drenched. Spiritually speaking, the Bible, Ephesians, especially in Ephesians, the first three chapters is trying to, Paul trying to expound to us the position we're in, in Christ Jesus. And regardless what is happening to us from a cardinal, from a day-to-day circumstance, spiritually, that is the position all of us is in. I'm going to say, take away the umbrella, but you don't have to take away the umbrella. You know why? Because the umbrella can't stop her from getting wet. There's too much rain coming. She is being drenched. A lot of times the picture that we have in mind is God holding back instead of God pouring out. But when you really catch a hold of what Paul is trying to convey to us in Ephesians chapter 1, chapter 2, chapter 3, the picture is that picture of God saying, I have supplied more than enough. To keep you, even in the storm. He says that the outward things does not stop the inward things. He says, he says, though the body be decaying, he said, God supplements what you don't have with what you do have. He said, the weaker you are, really, the stronger you are. Because your spirit will rise up and supply what your physical can't do no more. Let me talk to the older Christians for a moment. Let me, let me talk to them. Yo, I was in the back office getting changed, and I heard Pastor Hamilton say, he says, the older and the more you walk with Jesus, the longer you walk with Jesus, the more the experience you have. Therefore, your faith is stronger because you have more experience with Christ. He said, you may start off, I'm adding this, you may start off with one I know. But the longer you walk, there will be more things that you know. You might have a, I know I know. But if you walk some time with Jesus, it all be, I know that I know that I know. Now, can you imagine that if you've been walking with Jesus for a long time, how many I know that I know that I know ought to be in your life? After a while, the devil may test you, 
but you already know he's going to fail because you've been through too much. You came too far. You know too much to doubt the God that you, that's been blessing you. My God, if that's the case, we all have some Christians in here that is strong enough to say, yeah, I know I'm going through, but hallelujah anyhow. Hebrews 12, Hebrews 12, verse 1 and 3. The writer of Hebrews give a picture of a crowd of witnesses that are watching us. We got, each of us got a race to run. And nobody can run your race but you. Notice. It almost seems like that heaven takes a praise break <laughs> to look down to see how their loved ones are doing. He says that we are surrounded by this great crowd of witnesses, those that have gone on before us. And they are almost, there's a cheerleading squad cheering us to run on. Look what it says. He said, let us also lay aside every cumbrance. Listen, a cumbrance is not a sin. That means don't let the burdens of this world become so burdensome that it makes you take your eyes off of Jesus. Let me say that again. Don't let whatever even your loved ones, even your children, even your marriage, even your job, even your finances, even your sickness. He says, don't let nothing become so big that it makes you take your eyes off of Jesus. Maybe I need to say that again. Let me say it a different way. Don't lose your vertical vision. Always be lifted up to the hills with cometh your help. For your help cometh from the Lord. Don't let the giants in your life get you so upset that you forget that your God is bigger than your giant. Don't let nothing make you forget how bad your God is, how terrible your God is, how awesome your God is, how wonderful your God is, how much. The devil's trying to get us in a conversation that we forget who we serve. Matter of fact, if, if he can't get you from seeing who your God is, He'll make you forget who you are. All those scriptures we read in Ephesians, and I even skipped some, is not based on you. It's based on him. It's already done. That you are a royal priesthood. You are a holy 
holy nation. You are a chosen people. You are God's possession. Hold on, not based on you, based that Christ did it. You got in Christ and God sees you just as that. Listen, listen. God sees us through the blood of Jesus. So positionally, there's nothing if you are sure enough in Jesus can affect your position in him. So when God sees you, he sees you through the blood of Jesus. And though you may not be acting like who you are yet, that has nothing to do with it. Ah, out of here. Though you have not learned to walk in who you fully are yet, just the fact you want to get there is enough for God to step in and help you get. I think one of our prayers should be, Lord, help my unbelief. Lord, I know what you say, but right now my faith is weak. So I come just as I am. Help me. Matter of fact, let's get real about it. You haven't made this far because you're that strong. There have been some things in your life. Jesus picked you up and carried you every step. If the truth be known, some of us, Jesus carried us in here Set us down in the seat, and he's given us everything we need to go through. Look what it says. Don't let any weight, don't let that sin that may be your area of weakness. Why? Because it takes your eyes off of Jesus. That's it. Your faith drops. Becomes sin conscience. Becomes self-conscious instead of Christ conscious. And when you're Christ conscious, there's a boldness. When you're Christ conscience, there's some confidence. When you're Christ conscience, you can say, I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. When you're Christ conscience, you say, I can do all things to Christ that strengthen me. When you're Christ conscience, you say, I am blessed. I am highly favored. I am all that he says I am. When you're Christ conscience, you got a different walk. A different attitude. There's something about you. Folks look at you and say, there's something about Look what it says. Let us run, endure the race set before us. All of us got a race. All of us got, 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 got. Got that which we are aiming for. Listen, every 
runner knows where the finish line is. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. They're aiming for it. Even a long distance runner know when he's on his last lap. Because he knows that in this last lap, he's going to have to sprint no matter how tired he is. He knows that the closer he gets to that finish line, he got to have enough reserves to kick it. He knows that it's not over till he cross over. Don't we know it's not over till we cross over? Don't let nobody let me say that again. Don't let nobody make you quit. Don't let nobody make you sit down on Jesus. They didn't save you. They didn't die for you. They didn't get up for you. So why are you going to allow somebody who don't even know you? Verse 3. Consider him that has endured such hostility by sinners against himself so that you will not grow weary or lose heart. <laughs> then it says, looking on to Jesus, who is the author and finisher, author and perfecter, of your faith. That's what I mean by that. If he started it, won't he finish it? <laughs> if the Lord Jesus started it, won't he finish it? Since he started this thing, won't he take you through? Hold on, hold on, hold on. If, if, if he came and got you, won't he carry you all the way? Hold on. If he picked you out, won't he stick with you all the way? If he chose you and made you his own, won't he walk with you every step of the way? If he already knew what you was going to go through and what you was going to do when you, when, 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 when you go through it, when he already saw your story before he saved you, but he saved you anyway, what in the world can you do to make him quit on you? Nothing. 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 Philippians 1 and 6. Philippians 1 and 6. He said, I am confident of this very thing. He who started this shall continue it to the day of Christ Jesus. Paul says, I'm sure of this. There's no doubt about it. I know that I know that I know that I know that I know. No matter how bad it looks right now, it's not over. It's not over. It's not over till God says it's over. Yes. 
Where I want to go. We're going to skip, okay? We, we're going to skip. My God. My God. My God. My God. My God. My God. Listen. It's already done. We just got to step in the footprints that's already been laid before us. And check this out. I'm stepping in the footprints of Jesus. That he already stepped before me. So since he has already conquered Satan, he calls me more than a conqueror already. Have not completed the course. Just the fact that I'm on the course. But the devil's already defeated. So therefore, I don't have to wait until I see the finish line. I'm claiming it now. I'm more than a conqueror. Well, how you know? Because my big brother, the step before me, and it's already done. Listen, doesn't mean it's going to be easy. Because the testing is about my faith being increased because my faith is allowing the inside of me to become more like Jesus. It's Jesus on the inside showing up on the outside. But unless we are grounded and rooted in the Lord, when trouble press you, they won't get Jesus on the outside. But when you're grounded, if I take an orange and I squeeze the orange, I won't get apple juice. I don't care how much I want apple juice. Because it's an orange, I'm going to get what's on the inside of an orange. I'm going to get orange juice. When you are squeezed and you're wrapped up and tangled up with Jesus, well, all to come out is Jesus. I hate to say this, but I'm going to say it. When you are tested, what is most in you going to come out of you? So the test is there for you to see what's in you. Amen? But it's also there so that others can see that no matter how much you are tested, there's enough Jesus inside of you that will keep you in the midst of the storm. Second Corinthians 5, 1 of 5. He gives an example of when we die that this old corrupt mortal body has to, has to die off, has to fade away. But he says, he says, he says, but we have a tent. We have, we have a body not made by hands. In verse 2, verse 3, verse 4, 
Paul begins to say something strange. This is what he says in verse 3. He says that we are groaning and moaning. Huh? What does that mean? There's something in us. Verse 5, I think it says. There's something in us. Well, wherever it is. <laughs> There's something inside of us that is moaning and groaning right now. Why? Because we're not home yet. I don't care how much stuff you get down here. I don't care how good it is. There's something on the inside that is still saying something isn't quite right. I mean, your health can be there. Money can be there. Marriage can be there. Children can be doing well. And still, in the midnight hour, when you by yourself, something don't feel quite at home. Ecclesiastes says that eternity is in our spirit that we know. You know, I think that's why we get old. Young folks don't know what I'm talking about. But just keep on living. And after a while, when you sit down, you got to do the rock to get up. Start taking steps. Keep on living. You holding on to everything you can. I mean, you used to be strong. Feel like you could crush rocks in your hand. Party all day, party all night. Who needs sleep? Sure. You get old, you wish you could sleep. Stuff that you can count on. Can't count on it no more. vitamins you take. I don't care how many face lifts you get. Lift that, lift that, lift. Sooner or later, everything go droop. I think that God is saying it's not about the outside. It's about the inside. I think he said, he said, you must make sure that your spiritual business is in place. You know, this 
this thing is really about becoming more like Jesus. This is not our permanent home. We got another body. Not made by hands. Eternal in the glory. And I think, listen, watch, watch this progression. Watch this progression. Right now, what is happening is that we are becoming more like Jesus on the inside. From glory to glory. He is the author and finisher of our faith. And it says, fix your eyes on him. Don't let nothing take your eyes off of him and the more you see of him 2 Corinthians 3.18 says that the more you see of him the more like him we are transformed to be like him which means then that something is happening that though our mortal body is getting weaker our spirit is getting stronger. Can't step as quickly. But there's more purpose in your step. Can't go where you want to go. But you know where you're going ultimately. Can't shout as loud. But now your shout got meaning to it. You can't tell me that a quiet shout sometimes can't be the noisy shout. Because sometimes a noisy shout is full of emotion. Sometimes the tears lapping up under your chin is meaning more to God than whatever else is going on. Our God is our awesome. First John 3 says this, that when we see him, when he comes back for us when it comes back for us not only will we see him as he is in his glory but we will be changed to be like him huh oh yes sir amen huh did you know that jesus shines more than the sun yes sir yes amen i was playing around one day and I took my cell phone and I took a picture of the sun and I looked at the picture. When I looked at the picture, the picture on my phone shows more than what I could see with the naked eye. But the picture of my cell phone shows that the sun is a ball of fusion. There's a chemical reaction that is taking place. And literally on my phone, the picture of my phone, it shows the stuff is coming off and there's a, a, a radiant around the sun. You can't see that by looking in. But I was just playing around and I still got that on my cell phone and I take it out and I look at it and I say, wow. But the scripture says that Jesus shines greater than the sun. That the glory on him is greater than any glory we have ever seen. And when we see him in that glorified state, 
It said that day when he comes to get us, that we are going to be changed. To be like him. You know what that tells me? That tells me as they saw, as she saw, only what you do for Jesus will last. Only what we do for him is ultimately important. In that day, all this earthly stuff won't mean nothing. And the only thing that we can offer up is how we walk by faith. How we held on to his promises. How we trusted him in spite of. When we went through the storms, how we went through the rain, and we still treated people right. How we held on to his unchanging hand. How times when we wanted to throw in the towel, but we said, wait a minute, I came too far to quit now. How we still held on when we had nothing to hold on to but an expected future. But guess what? One of these days, every cost we pay, every prayer we pray, every shout we shouted, every deed we did, you're going to get paid back. And when he pays you, he's going to pay you well. One of these days, the only thing that matters is that you got Jesus. Is there anybody in the house know they got Jesus and you're not going to let go? I refuse to let go. He's the best thing that ever happened to me. He's the best thing. He's the best thing. That is where we are going. That's what this whole thing is really about. Is that we have a Savior that is transforming us to look more like him. I don't know about you, but I don't want to go by myself. I want everybody I know to get some of him. I want all of y'all to be part of that great day. He's coming back one day, and he's coming back for us. And in that day, we shall be changed to be like him. You see, what we're hoping for, what we are expecting, is coming soon. Sooner than yesterday. Because the day is already set. So every day means it's a day closer to that day. The only question I have, are you ready? Do you know him? Yes, sir. There's nothing you can do to stop it. But you can get on board. Today, it's really all about Jesus and giving it back to him.
It's living for him. It's walking with him. It's knowing him. Today as the choir sings, I got preachers that will talk with you and share with you that if you don't know this Jesus, this Jesus that died for you and rose for you today, you can know him as we stand.